0: Hey, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program. I want to invite you to call 303-873-1935, 303-873-1935. It is, of course, the program where we take your calls and answer your questions, hopefully, about the things you are caring about, about church, about God, about the historical Jesus, about the Bible. And of course, we talk about the past, which is history, and we talk about the future, which is prophecy. And I've had an opportunity to talk a little bit about the end times over the last couple of days, which I'm happy to talk about. But again, want to invite you to call 303-873-1935. There's an interesting, interesting story that's posted at com. This is CBN News from a Christian Perspective. And an article has been posted by Steve Warren at CBN News. And the, the headline I found fascinating, so I had to read it. The headline said, Pandemic Shift. Many Christians have returned to church. They're just going to different congregations. Now, I found that headline, obviously, very, very interesting. He writes that after dealing with the ups and the downs of the COVID pandemic for almost two years, churches being open, churches being closed, churches having certain restrictions, churches having certain freedoms, what he writes is that more and more people are returning to church for in-person worship service once again, but he says, just as the pandemic affected churches' attendance and finances, it's also left a mark in another way, a different way. Some of the faithful have left the church they attended before COVID, and now they're going to a different church, a new church. The pandemic propelled people toward life changes in all kinds of ways over the past two years, including a new job, a new career new relationships, new locations, and also new churches. But he also surprisingly says more than 4,000 churches closed in America in 2020. Over that same time, over 20,000 pastors left the ministry. And I'll have more to talk about on this subject in just a moment. 303 873 is it Jose? Yes. Jose, welcome to the program. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Gino. I enjoy your program. Thank you. And I grew up Catholic, and I believe I changed um, uh-huh. to, uh, to be a Christian. I received Jesus a long time ago. I've been reading the Bible, the entire Bible, a couple times. And you mentioned a couple months ago about Catholics uh, that they are saved a few you you said that a few so well,
0: I remember we talked about the fact that how is in fact a person saved and remember we said we because the scriptures teach that you trust Jesus, the life, the sacrificial death, and the resurrection of Jesus, and is right. it possible that many of our Catholic friends and neighbors Absolutely do that. And I think that the answer is yes. But again, what do we do, perhaps with people like you and me, who mm-hmm. were taught, who were raised to believe that, that we trust Jesus by grace, his death and his resurrection, but we also have to trust works. Like water baptism, the mass, purgatory, indulgences, sacraments, good works, obedience to the commandments, and mm-hmm. membership in the Catholic Church. We were told, for those of you who don't have the church as your mother, you can't have God as your father. And so I could, I think I could safely say there was a very long time in my life where I wasn't a Christian. I didn't trust mm-hmm. Jesus alone. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, in my country or Latin America... Um, Catholicism is different than here in the
0: United States. Yeah, so in what country are you from, Jose? El Salvador. El Salvador. Yeah, yes. and, and so you're exactly right. You've probably been to Catholic churches here in North America. They're different, aren't they? In other words, the whole way of thinking is different here than in places like Colombia or Ecuador or yeah. El Salvador or Guatemala. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh,
1: my... My idea and my question is: it is possible to be safe and put, put in your trust in, let's say, in the Virgin Mary, because they teach that, that you have to be coming through God, to God through the Virgin. And things like that, like, for example, uh, through uh, Apostle Paul. You pray to Paul, you pray to John, you pray to Peter, and and that's the thing that he made me wonder if they really are connected. According well, to well,
0: yeah, and I I think that the way I would think about it is, of course, they are not connected, because Jesus said, "No one comes to the Father except by me." Remember, it was mm-hmm. Jesus who, when his disciples asked him, "Teach us to pray," he said, "Pray mm-hmm. to the Father." in the name of the Son. So when Mm -hmm. we ask and we answer the question for any unbeliever, it is, Mm -hmm. does God have a responsibility to hear the prayers of any unbeliever? And I think that the right answer is, no, there's only one prayer that God has said that he will respond to from the unbeliever, and that's Mm -hmm. the prayer of salvation. In other words, if the unbeliever repents of sin and trusts Jesus as their savior then they can pray heavenly father i've sinned against you i want forgiveness for my sin i believe jesus died on the cross for me and rose again yeah
1: so that's how i became that's how i became a christian receiving jesus according to romans 10 9 and 10 confessing jesus receiving Him in, in my life and confessing every sin, and then I know that I know that I have been forgiven by grace.
0: Right. And, and but, so um, imagine uh-huh. if you ask your Catholic friend and, I, you know, and your Catholic mm-hmm. family members, if you ask them and you say, are you a sinner? Almost every single one is going to say, of course I am. Mm-hmm. And then you ask them, do you want forgiveness for your sins? Now, remember, in Roman Catholicism, one of two things has to happen. You have to go to the priest, confess your sin, who absolves your sins. Mm -hmm. But according to the Bible, if you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and rose from the dead, and you believe what the Bible says, the wages of sin is death, and you believe what the Bible says, except a man be born again, Mm -hmm. then then you have to ask and answer the question on what basis are you forgiven so imagine a roman catholic says you know what i haven't gone i've committed a mortal sin or a venial mm-hmm. sin or whatever mm-hmm. i haven't been to the priest i haven't been able to confess my sin and absolve my guilt i remain in my sin but remember we already know that according to the bible forgiveness of sin is based on trusting Jesus and asking him to forgive you. Yep.
1: Yep. yep. That's what the Bible teach. But see, I, I talk to people about the Lord, about grace, and about the only way to to be Christian is believing in Jesus, receiving the Son. And And they said to me that they have the Virgin weather Guadalupe.
0: Well, and and and, there, and, and so, and
1: there,
0: yeah. And, and the right answer is: if you have the Virgin, Guadal- of Guadalupe, then you don't have Jesus, and so you don't have salvation. It's really that simple. Hey, you hold on. I'll let you finish your thought when we come back. Okay? Okay. Thank you. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino D'Erraci. So glad you could join me. I wanted to give um, Jose a chance to finish his thought because Jose, I was I was thinking about what you just said. You you were talking about what do I say about my friends who say I have um, Nuestra Señora de Guadalupe. I have I have Our Lady of Guadalupe. I have a, I think mm-hmm. I have a, a, a way of mm-hmm. helping you think about that and perhaps challenging that. But before I do that, tell me. Uh, I wanted you to finish your thought.
1: Well, yeah, I grew up in in that religion. And they teach me to pray to the Virgin, to pray uh, through or oh, ask forgiveness to God, to the Father. And I did the First Communion and all of that. Confirmation. Did, yeah, confirmation, yes. And uh, all the sacraments. And I, I was an altar boy. And I was really deep into it. My mom took me to church every Sunday.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I thought I, I was right with God until I start reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. And and then the Bible says that there's no other way. I mean through, it's just through the Son. Right. Through Jesus. Yeah. And then and then the thing is my friends or neighbors or people when I travel I talk to them about Jesus and they say well you know uh we have a mediator which is the in Mexico is the Virgin of Guadalupe sure. or in El Salvador is la Virgin de la Paz. In Latin America, South America, they have many different names for the Virgin Mary. Sure. And, and then that, that creates a situation of, okay, you know, um, if you think that you're right with God through a, uh, the mother of Jesus, you know, then we need to pray. And they do pray to the Virgin. Right. They ask forgiveness, yeah. And, and what they, I, what, what I
0: would—I I would say two things. I would say, okay, is it possible— that something supernatural happened in these so-called apparitions of Mary. I'm willing to concede that it's possible, but also I'm willing to concede that according to the Bible, Satan masquerades as an angel of light. And so it shouldn't surprise us if, he, if his servants masquerade as servants of righteousness. And then I would ask this question. If, there, if this is a genuine message from God— it's not going to contradict what's written in the Bible, the Word of God. And so, Jose, this is the big, this is the million peso question. This is the million-dollar question. Did mm-hmm. the Lady of Guadalupe say anything that was inconsistent with the Bible? Now, I don't have any exact Whoa. quotes. I don't have any exact quotes, but one thing is sure, okay? Mm -hmm. the lady of Guadalupe asked for the church to be built in her honor. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about the apparition that happened, you are probably familiar with the story of Juan Diego. And Juan Diego, of course, was an Aztec Indian.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And you'll remember um, he he was walking – Tepeyac Hill near Mexico city when he saw the apparition and before him was a young Aztec girl in the, in, and in that native Aztec language, the girl asks that a church be built on that hill in her honor. And according to Diego, the girl was the Virgin Mary. Now, again, if it was the Virgin Mary, then it's a demonic apparition because mm-hmm. it's asking the Virgin Mary would never say honor me The the Uh Virgin Mary of the Bible would always say, honor Jesus. And so she said, said, do what he said, what he told you to do. Exactly. And so the way that I would evaluate the apparition is Uh I would say, okay, remember Juan Diego says she looked like she was Aztec, but Mary is Jewish from the line of David. And, And many claim that the girl said, I am the ever-Virgin Mary, the mother of the true God. Now, Catholics believe that Mary has an exalted place in heaven with the most direct access to Jesus. They Mm -hmm. also believe in the perpetual virginity of Mary. Now, obviously, none of these these thoughts are taught in the Bible, and the Bible never calls her the mother of God. So no. the, the young girl that Diego saw asking for a shrine built in her honor, this biblical Mary would never ask for such a thing. And so the way that I would answer it is, let me ask you a question. According to the Bible, is it possible that supernatural beings can disguise themselves as, uh-huh. as, as friends of God when in fact they're not friends of God? They're
1: spirits. They're they're fallen spirits.
0: Angels, yeah. They're lying spirits. And so, again, in some accounts of the story, the lady says that she would answer prayer. But also, that's unbiblical. Because it's God God alone who answers prayer.
1: Right. And I've been in Mexico City in uh, La Catedral de la Villa, Mm -hmm. and they do daily... Sacrifices. Let's let's say they offer to her to walk on on their knees for long distances right. before they get before they get to the altar, and they they have bloody knees. They do rituals, right? And it's not according to the Bible. That's why my question is: Are they? really
0: saved? I mean, well, again,
1: knowing
0: that Jesus the, is the way. He, right. The, the, way, way. the way that I would answer the question is, in part, it's, it's it's difficult to determine in this sense. A person is saved because they have a right relationship with God in Christ. Mm-hmm. Is it possible yeah. for a person to have a right relationship with God in Christ and be deceived or wrong about a number of different subjects? I think that the answer is yes that it's possible to be deceived or wrong about a number of different subjects but is it possible to be saved in the biblical sense and not tr- and trust in something other than Jesus to have a right relationship with God. And the answer has to be no. Remember Paul writes and he says, you're saved by grace through faith and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, lest any person should boast. And so if a person says, are you saved? And they say, yes. And you say, on what basis are you saved? And they say, because I trust Jesus as my Lord and my savior. And then you Mm -hmm. need to ask the most important question and what you else you
1: already answered my question yeah
0: and you what answer else you my
1: question so it's i the, the problem that i see with a lot of people that they claim to be christians and they pray to different um, how do I, I can say uh idols
0: saints and yeah
1: Saint, they pray to them and then they feel and they they even they, sometimes they get kind of violent. They get mad when you tell them, hey, you know what? The Bible, the Scripture, the Holy Scripture, says that there is only one way. And you go and try with love. You're trying to tell them, hey, Jesus is the only way, and you need to receive him. The Bible says that there's no, no one can see the kingdom, you know, if it doesn't born again. Right. So they need to, born. they don't believe in born again, and so... But you answered my question. If they believe all of that and they don't have Jesus in their heart, they have not received Jesus, they're not saved.
0: That's so, exactly right. And, yeah. and and part of the answer that I would give is is this. No yeah. one will be in heaven accidentally. And no one will yeah. be in hell accidentally.
1: Right. No accidents. No, we have to be sure. Here right. in earth, before we depart. Yeah. The
0: Bible says you must be born again, not as you first came into life, but you right. must be born of spirit from a dark world into light. And so the Bible right. talks about that there is a transition where you go from mm-hmm. death to life, from darkness mm-hmm. to light.
1: Thank you, Gino. Appreciate it.
0: Bendiciones, Señor. Thank you. Thank
1: you. I like your Spanish. <laughs>
0: This is Gino Geraci. Thanks so much for joining me. 303-873-1935. Me encanta la idioma. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program. The number is 303-873-1935. Let's see who's up. Gilbert, welcome to the program. Yes, sir. How can I help you?
3: well uh how can i help you gino uh one thing uh, i listen to your uh, program somewhat often i work on a ranch out east of uh, Walsenburg, colorado down south here. Uh-huh. and uh, uh, whenever i have an opportunity to drive uh, home or driving to work uh, oftentimes i'll listen to uh, this 100.7 and i listen to your program but um, I, I understand, and I, I think I remember hearing you say some time ago that you were raised in a Catholic. Home. Sure,
0: I was born, raised, educated, and went to a Catholic university.
3: Okay, great. Um, one of the one of the things uh, I, I I was just listening to you talking to that uh, young Spanish man or whoever. What was his name? Juan? His
0: name was Jose, and he was from El Salvador.
3: I see. Yeah, and. I just wanted to point out to you that I realize that you, you just poured a bunch of error into his mind.
0: Actually, I, I, I poured a bunch of truth into his Let mind because the only me. accurate information we have about Mary is yeah. found in the Bible. Me, never, never accurate information is never found me in me the about. Bible. Everything,
3: everything in the life of Christ and of Mary and of Joseph and of those days has not been written in the New Testament.
0: And furthermore, no, 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 you see, Gilbert, this is where I would, I would, I would be willing to concede that not everything is written in the new Testament, but what I'm not willing to concede is that everything that is written in the new Testament about Mary and about Joseph has to be true. And so if what the Bible says about Mary and Joseph is true, when people present information, thoughts, observations, or conclusions that are disconnected from what the Bible says, I challenge that. Now, you,
3: you forget some of the things that Jesus taught, for one thing, about confession. And he taught that to his apostles and his disciples, to confess your sins one to the other. And those are the people that carried on the church that he founded.
0: Peter. well see what you're talking about Peter, when that but that quote in the scripture is not the roman catholic sacrament of confession oh yeah it is no I mean, it no it is, isn't do, is, do you know do you know when the roman catholic sacrament of confession began
3: yeah right there and then
0: no and no it, no it didn't begin right there and then and in and, and other words the Roman Catholic sacrament of, pen, of penance begins in a church where persecution has taken place and people have denied Jesus. And so the church is coming up with a mechanism in order to allow people back into the church. Now, it's, it's one thing, you, you know, I don't want to get off on too many topics. The mm-hmm. Bible says of Mary in Luke chapter one, verse 21, that she's highly Favored, That word highly favored comes from a single Greek word, which essentially means much grace. So, yeah, Mary receives much grace. Grace is unmerited favor. That is, grace is a blessing that we receive despite the fact that we don't deserve it. So, But here's the point. Mary needed grace from God and a Savior.
3: Mm-hmm she got it She got it at the moment of her conception, her human conception
0: where' in the uh, read me chapter and verse
3: it, it, like i'm telling you it doesn't have to be in the
0: Bible okay, so it does let's go there for just a second. it doesn't have to be in the bible so so if a person makes an assertion that's not in the Bible that Mary is conceived sinless. On what basis, first of all, who said it, and why should we believe it? All right, how could
3: Jesus, who is completely without sin, how could he be uh, comfortable in the womb of a woman that was full of sin? How can he be that, uh, you know, comfortable there?
0: Because Jesus is completely human and completely God. And again, so so let's just take your, your question for just a moment. Is Jesus completely comfortable in a world full of sin? Was he completely comfortable around his sinful disciples? Really? Was he completely comfortable around the sinful religious leaders? Yeah. Was he completely comfortable living in a sinful broken world?
3: Yeah, but he wasn't comfortable living in a womb that was, you know, of a person that was full of sin. But, His mother could not be a sinful person because she raised him and taught him the humanity. Well, that he-
0: one of two things is true. The Virgin Mary had an immaculate conception or she didn't. I'm going to say to you, the yes. Bible doesn't suggest Mary's birth was anything other than a normal human birth. Now, here's what you're saying. No, no, no. Mary's birth was something extraordinary. And then I say, "Where in the Bible is that?" And you yep. say to me, "Well, not everything that's true is in the Bible." See, you're trying to make an assertion based on a a, a source that's subject to speculation.
3: No, the church the, when when the Lord gave Peter the keys uh, of this, uh, you know, to the kingdom. That was the, Gilbert,
0: was, Gilbert, but Peter never, ever taught that Mary was the product of an immaculate conception or the perpetual virginity of Mary. Peter never taught that. And so you might ask this question, where in first Peter and second Peter, does he talk about the immaculate conception?
3: <laughs> he probably didn't. But uh, well, it, why? Oh, if it was it,
0: such an important issue, why didn't he bring it up?
3: Well, I guess he had other things going on, you know. But, but you anyway. see, this is
0: my point, Gilbert. P- yeah. Part of the challenge that we have is for the person, for the person who makes the claim that you're making, it's up to you to prove the assertion. Not, it's not up to me to prove your assertion. <laughs> As a matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 25, speaking of Joseph, it says, but he, that's Joseph, had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. The, yeah, the key the word, same word same. in the Greek language is until, and yeah, he gave the him the name Jesus. The word until clearly yeah. indicates that Joseph and Mary had normal sexual relations it, after it, Jesus it, is it, born.
3: There's, there's another, the, the word until wasn't even a, wasn't even there was a whole different description to that, you know, to what that word has come from the Greek.
0: Well, so I happen to actually know the passage in the Greek. So why don't you explain to me how "until" means something other than "until"?
3: Well, uh, yeah, I can't remember right this minute what it means, but it was like whatever. I, I just don't, I, I don't have the vernacular that you that you have. On well,
0: show. remember, remember, remember one time when Jesus was speaking with a woman in a crowd and this woman said, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breasts on which you nursed in Luke eleven twenty seven, mm-hmm. This was the perfect opportunity. This was the perfect opportunity for Jesus to say, yeah, Mary is worthy of praise. Yeah, I am the blessed fruit of her womb. But what is Jesus's response? He says, on the contrary, blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. Luke chapter 11, verse 28, who hear the word of God and observe it. According to Jesus, obedience to God's word Mm -hmm. was more important than being the woman who gave birth to the Savior.
3: Right, which is what she did. I mean, she she, she had, uh, you know, lived her whole life um, <laughs> in God's Word.
0: But, but how do you explain his response?
3: Uh, his response was to let everybody else know that it's important for them also to live in God's Word. Not only he knew his mother did, he knew everything about her. And and uh you know, like he spent thirty three years with her, for example. Or so, thirty years so or give
0: me just one chapter and verse where the scripture directs you to praise, glorify, or adore Mary. Just one. I'll wait.
3: The the, the prayer that she said when the when The The magnificent.
0: Okay, i got (laughs) to go. I've got to go, but thanks for calling me, Gilbert. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on the program. 303-873-1935. Let's see who's up. Sean, welcome to the program. Hi, Sean. Thank you. Thank you
2: very
0: much. Hey, you're welcome. So the
2: reason I... Sorry, is <laughs> because um, my husband and I have two boys. Uh, he's the father, and they're seventeen and eighteen. And for the past few years, they have been claiming that they are both transgender. Huh? And uh, as you can imagine, it's been incredibly difficult. Sure. And we have. Handled it the best way we can, and been focused on letting them know we love them no matter what. But I feel like it's such a fine line between loving them and letting them know that, but not giving them the message that we think that it's okay or we condone it. And I was just hoping you could, I don't know, give some words of wisdom. Sure. And
0: let me let me give have- you a couple. Yeah, let me give you a couple of resources because. Your your issue is such a huge issue, but let's begin at the beginning, just like what you talked about, that you're mom and dad. And so we're talking about a measured, careful, compassionate approach. I'm not talking about, you know, some sort of taking some baseball Bible bat and bashing their heads in. That's not, not, and not what I'm talking about. And and again, I'm reminded of Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, or don't be poured into this world's way of thinking, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. And so my friends... At Focus on the Family, they have several, several resources. I don't know if you're aware of them, but I, I would go to FocusOnTheFamily.com. There's several things that I want to just bring to your attention. The first is fully downloadable free, free, free resources. Um, and like when transgender issues enter your world, well, it's entered your world. And then Focus yeah. on the Family's... Uh, listening, you know, becoming the woman God made me to be. Linda Sellers talks about her story of being restored in Christ and her identity. And then there's another special, special resource, especially for you. It's called Helping Children with Gender Identity Confusion. Okay? Okay. Okay. And again, I think what they do is they take this sensitive, complicated subject and they, they're they asking and trying to find the answer that you're asking and answering. What do I do? What is a loving, yeah. caring parent to do? And, and again, you're living in a world and in a culture where perhaps your children love you and respect you and and are willing to maintain relationship with you. But some of them might be a little hostile and and they see your disapproval as proof positive that you're locked into a cultural stigma that uh, refuses to take into consideration what the popular culture is saying. And so what this information does from a biblical and a clinical and a scientific perspective starts to give you resources, like websites, articles, and books. Okay. But for me and for you, in the limited time I have, I want to focus on hope for you and for your family. Okay. 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 Thank you. And, in Psalm, and- in, in Psalm 46, when it says, God is our refuge and strength. He's a very present help in time of trouble. In other words, for those of us who have placed our faith in the Lord Jesus, our hope is in the Lord. He is our shelter. He isn't going to abandon us. And so, again, I don't need to tell you what you already know, that God created human beings in his own image, in the image of God. He creates the male and female. And so when we ask and we answer the question and we go, you know what? you grew up in a world where there was a biological and a, and a cultural reality, but also you grew up in a world where people toyed with the idea that, that men becoming women or women becoming men might be a possibility. And of course, the Bible teaches that we live in a fallen world and that it is true that people can become confused and influenced by messages that are contrary to what the Bible says. And so when, when you, when you bring this up with your child, they are really faced with a huge dilemma, hopefully. And that is, does the Bible offer me true and accurate information about myself?
2: All of this over the past few years they've also kind of rejected the Bible and God and
0: well and see if they've rejected God and the Bible and, and again I don't mean to be mean the biggest problem that they have isn't their transgender identity issue right the biggest problem right. that they have is that they don't have a remedy for sin and so mm-hmm. it's it's one thing. To identify as a woman or as a man, and it's another thing to refuse to identify as a sinner in need of a savior. Now, we know that some men struggle with masculinity and some women struggle with femininity, but what do you do as a sinner when you give up the struggle and you say, I don't have a problem, I don't have a sinful situation, I don't need a savior, And so, again, it makes perfect sense to me that they give up on what the Bible says about God and about sin and about heaven and about hell. But again, what I would do is I would remind them in every way possible why you believe what the Bible says about the most important issues. Now, again, they may not even be willing to believe in this thing called gender identity disorder or gender dysphoria. It was only up until recently that people even suggested that there might be a mental health component involved with your son's circumstance. You know, how much of how much of this really is culturally driven, socially driven, peer driven, and how much of it is driven by other issues that are taking place yeah. in their life. And again, I'm not yeah. I'm not here to explore the deep issues of your children, but again, to remind you that usually people who find themselves in this circumstance don't do it in a vacuum.
2: Yeah, I feel like there is something that's deeper that's causing it. Um, and, but I hear what you're saying, that that's not the root of the problem.
0: And right. That's... What n- I, right.
2: What I pray for is that they allow God back into their lives and
0: open Exactly. Their exactly. And again... Because of science, we've learned a lot about diseases and disorders of the body. But, of course, less understanding of the relationship of the soul and the spirit in in relationship to the body. And, again, over time, transgender activists and researchers and clinicians, they've offered a variety of narratives about the causes, the origins, the development, and all of that other stuff. But, again, what I would encourage you to, to do if you haven't already done it, is go to focusonthefamily.com, type in mm-hmm. what parents should know about transgenderism, and okay. and then um, download or at least minimum read um, some of the, um, the resources that they have available. And again, know that you're not alone. And there's also a Focus on the Family counseling line at 1-855-771-HELP.